55, episode 55 of Talking Toro. I'm here to talk about a double Roman adventure with Mr. Robert Gilman. And Rob, this week, Urbano Cairo, um, in a lovely piece of propaganda where he claimed he turned down 25 million euros for Alessandro Bongiorno, um, he claims 75% of Torino fans really like him. I think you're one of the 75. Take it away. Well, I am. Well, I, I almost wouldn't have been had he sold Bongiorno, but yeah, I was. Yeah, I did actually. See, I read because I sent you sent over the uh, and like the front page of Gazetta where he sort of said about how he turned down twenty five million for Bongiorno. I did see a longer quote in which he did sort of explain that obviously Bongiorno turned the move down, and thus he then turned down the um, turned down the offer. But yeah, it's a. Uh, out of context, and that's probably the the point that he tried to do is it makes it sound like Cairo was the one who um, sort of turned down the offer and, and Bongiorno was all set to go, whereas I think he, had Bongiorno accepted the move, he, he'd been wearing an Atalanta shirt at this point. He also said in the same interview that he spends 20% of his working day on on Torino. And I think, bloody hell, Rob Gilman <laughs> spends more time a day on Torino, <laughs> don't you? Uh, what, 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 what's that? If, on a five-day week, that's a full day? I mean... This podcast doesn't take that long to edit, <laughs> and, uh, as people might be able to tell. It's uh, it's it's all your other commitments, Rob. To yeah, yeah, of course. Uh... But um, yeah, no, I mean, if the the chairman's dedicating twenty percent of his day to uh, his football club, he probably needs to sort of delegate a little bit more. Well, I don't know. I don't know if twenty percent is too high or too low, to be honest. But Rob, um, we didn't do a pub pod post Roma and I guess if we had we would have been on a slight high we're doing a pod post Lazio I think the pods where you've had a crappy performance are a little bit more fun personally but um, Torino find themselves 10th um, in our natural habitat I think we'll probably stay 10th based on that performance last night uh, we ain't going far very fast but shall we start with the positives shall we start with the Roma performance yeah no I think it from on sort of Sunday night, we were sort of thinking about our Champions League trip, and now we're uh, so it's now Thursday evening, and we're thinking about our solid consolida- consolidating tenth place. Um, I think there's a few factors that we probably yeah we can go on to Lazio in a second, but if we if we go on to Roma, I thought we started the game really well. Um, Zapata just gives us such a different option in terms of holding the ball up and bringing players into play that it gives. A little bit of respite for the defence. It wasn't just going sort of straight back to to Roma attacks. I thought Roma didn't play terribly either. I thought the battle between Lukaku and Bongiorno was actually really entertaining. And um, obviously Lukaku gets the better of him. Probably the only mistake that the Bongiorno makes, which is still quite fortunate in the way that the the ball ricochets and favours uh, Lukaku anyway. But then there was, I think, just before the, I think it's just before the equaliser. There's a, a sort of challenge on the halfway line where Lukaku looks like his favourite to win it and Bongiorno sort of gets in front of him and wins the ball and then I think not too long afterwards we, we win the free kick so I thought that was quite an interesting battle and yeah it, from that was the sort of we we don't tend to score a lot of late goals when sort of Roma score you think oh well that's going to that's going to be it but yeah it's come back and, and earn a point I thought Zipata's deserved a goal with his performances so far in a Torrey shirt Lovely cross from Illich, and I, I, I thought they potentially could have been a winner if, um, if maybe we'd scored five minutes earlier. 
I thought Roma were the ones who looked a little bit more suspect and a little bit more sort of, especially as we had four strikers on the pitch. I thought we sort of, well, yeah, attack would have been our best form of defence because yeah, we we literally did go for it uh, with uh, bringing on Pellegrini and Sanabria. Well, that was hilarious. Juric uh, went full of Aussie ideas at Tottenham in like the mid nineties, but it was. I really liked it because Juric is very, uh, is can be quite predictable, um, and doesn't necessarily take take risks um, or, or think outside the box too much. And a couple of things about that game: one is it was quite a balanced game in that Torino were there were periods where we were better, but we were always in the game. In the past, we've had good first halves or maybe a good second half or a good spell. Um, but as I said, there's a bit of a trend where we're where we're coming back into the games, we're scoring, we're scoring late on. And the fact that he just, I mean, he finished with five, five players who played centre forward for Torino last season or have played centre forward for Torino. And the ironic thing was he burnt all his substitutes. So as soon as the Pata scored, he must've been like, <laughs> okay, I'll get uh, Brandon Sopion or Linetti on or something. And he couldn't. And I was like, this is going to be a really interesting, um, really interesting injury time. Um, yeah, it's got to be said that my man Yan Karamo turned the game around with uh, <laughs> with, with with his dive and then, I, and and then well alleged dive. Um, well, but, I, I mean, I, the, I, the TV director was quite obsessed with with, with whatever it was. Must have been a Roma fan, but uh, we think we we saw them in that foul more than we did the goal. But I, and I'm still convinced that Christensen got two yellow cards, but because he, there was an instant just probably midway through the second half where. He, didn't actually look like a foul. I think it was against the pattern where he sort of raised his boot and I swear the referee ran over and gave him a yellow card. And on a flash score app, which I sort of use to keep track of uh, games when I'm not watching, it had Christensen down as a yellow card. And then obviously he got booked for the challenge on Caramo. And it basically just jumped to where the yellow card was. So it originally said he got booked on sort of 74 minutes and then jumped down to 85 minutes. So I wasn't sure if it was one of those uh, Graham Pole moments where he'd sort of and uh, booked a player twice in it and not sent him off. But ultimately, it didn't make a difference. But um, I thought, yeah, I thought he had a, he had a bit of a, a tough night for, for Roma. And yeah, I suppose we probably about time we, we mentioned my my friend Andrea Blotti. Well, maybe maybe before you we uh, we mentioned, mentioned your friend Blotti. Yeah, I mean, tactically, Denver Sec played... Um, it was a very mixed bag as you get with Dembasek, but there were about three occasions where he created panic by running in, into space. Um, and I think this just goes on. We won't talk about Lazio game yet, but I think actually the way you were at Sepp against Roma, where he did a few things differently, paid off. And I think it's completely nonsensical what how he how he lined up against against Lazio. Um, but yeah, Sek was um, was a real mixed bag. There was a lot of giving the ball away. There was a lot of um, a couple of times he sort of like ignored an overlap and sort of tried to go himself and then just ran the ball out of play. Yeah, he's he's quite a frustrating player, but he does create these moments of excitement. I, and, and I do panic. think I, I think I alluded to this in a, in a message for you during the week. Is like part I, I think that, like Don Hutchinson was maybe getting a little bit carried away about sec. Firstly, they called him a, a midfield player. Um, I wouldn't. It's not quite a sort of <laughs> what I would call a midfield player. It's sort of an attacking. Uh, if we played a system of wingers, he would be a winger. Um, but he sort of, that he couldn't quite a skillful player. And so like, I'm not fully convinced that Sack is um, that skillful. I think his uh, appeal is in with lies within his unpredictability and the fact that I'm not quite sure he knows what he's going to do. So 
the defenders got absolutely no chance of knowing what he's going to do. His teammates have got very little chance of knowing what to do. He just creates chaos because he's got um, a languid running style. Um, he sort of covers the ground very quickly. Um, he sort of, it just, it, everything that he does does seem quite awkward. Um, but then at the, it, like it, it just creates chaos and defenders just don't know what to do and it creates space for other players and, and Redanich was probably the, the recipient of that in, in the game at Salantana and I think, yeah, it, we'll go on to this at last year, but given how much carnage he sort of caused against Roma, it's a surprise that he didn't feature at all in, in, in the game three days later. And did you, I mean, you want to talk quickly on the Gallo? Yeah, I mean, the scene was set, Torino had just equalised, we got no midfield, five up front, and uh, Bellotti. I think you, uh, Marino made a change. That he, I can't remember who came off, but he took off a more defensive player to put Bellotti on. So they kind of w- went for it as well. And he did get, he got involved physically in the game. Uh, he just looked a lot leaner. I don't know if it was just yeah. the, the Roma shirt might be. Uh, and uh, I asked, uh, we asked Mesa, um, who fair play drove, I think drove from Portsmouth to Turin for the game. So, uh, yeah, for once Torino didn't make him fall asleep. But um, I asked because it, uh, at least on the coverage, it felt like Bellotti got massively booed when he came on, and he mentioned that. Well, also Dybala had just come off, so Dybala was getting booed off. And but for me, it was pretty resounding. And even um, when Bellotti had a few touches after that, it was pretty. Uh, yeah, the supporters made their feelings known. I, should we say? I think as well. Um... The timing of him coming on probably would have made an impact just after an equaliser. The crowd had just celebrated. Now they're sort of they're up and they've got something else to to sort of shout about. Effectively, uh, I thought it was a bit of a strange decision to bring him on at all. I know, yeah, part of the reason I, I feel like he didn't come on in the in the game that I went to in April was that it would have sort of riled the crowd up almost and got a reaction from the fans. And obviously, Mourinho was preparing to bring him on at one 0 up. I thought, even though the game might have needed it and might have given Lukaku a rest, I think that's what the intended change would have been. I thought it was, um, yeah, potentially a risky move and obviously we equalised before he came on anyway, so it, it maybe didn't have that same impact, but just felt that was one of the reasons he didn't come on back in April and, um, yeah, potentially would have got the crowd back involved in the game. Um, when we when we do head to Shirin, um, which we're planning planning on hopefully doing before Christmas, is... Um... Are you going to do the Duvan Zapata dance in the bars? Are we going to see that? I mean, I'll, I'll do anything for, are... for a pint, Peter. Um, you, I mean, but... he's the big he's the big man of the, ter- I... of the team and you're the big man of this pod. So... I, 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 um, I mean, you've got to appreciate it. I think he said that it was a friend who uh, asked him to do it. And I didn't originally see it because I would saw the quote say that um, sort of a friend had suggested to sort of imitate a ball. And I thought it was just going to be a, a Marco Ferrante uh, sort of doing the, doing the horns with his fingers, but no, he, he fully committed to that. It is um, it is sort of. I hope that becomes a regular feature because he's got his normal sort of posing with his, his muscles. I hate to break it to you. I know it's been a while since we've met in person, but I'm not quite the same muscular physique as uh, as Duvan. But I'll uh, I'll give it a good go. But yeah, it was a nice way to sort of add his um, add his own spin to his uh, his usual celebration. Maybe it's maybe it's the first dance at your wedding, mate. Well. Um... <laughs> work on it um all right Roma yeah as I said we were, we were pretty positive on Monday then we go to Lazio on Wednesday uh for me we've played worse under Juric but I think this was even Juric's worst performance as a Torino coach in terms of I think he got the starting formation wrong um and sometimes it's wrong in hindsight but I think 
even when I saw the team, I was not sure what he was doing. And then don't think the game management was 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 very good at all. I think why I thought the team was not great, it felt like to me it was like, oh, Tony Sadabria needs to get a start, so I'll shoehorn him shoehorn him in. Um I didn't think he did too badly, but I don't see the point. And I'd hope the experiment of Zapata and Sanabria is not kind of written off based on that performance, but it's just, if you're going to play Zapata and Sanabria, you need to play him a bit, uh, Sanabria kind of off Zapata and have a bit more wide play around them. But Sanabria was kind of playing on the left wing, um, like winning throw-ins from what it seemed. Uh, Zapata was having a pretty physical uh, battle with the two Lazio centre-backs. And then Vlasic spent the whole game of his head down running into blind tunnels. Um, I thought a few players really stunk. You could potentially have described every uh, Vlasic uh, performance there, Peter. Well, Vlasic is a bit of a worry to me in that he hasn't been that great for a while. And for the price tag, a team like Torino needs someone with a little bit more spark and product. And uh, I think we're seeing a little bit the Premier League Vlasic at the moment. Um, but yeah, he may it, it may be the formation's not suiting him. We're not getting the best out of him. But there are a few players yesterday. Samuel Ritchie was for me three, four out of ten. I thought it was uh, pitiful performance. It was off the pace. I mean, he was linked a lot with Lazio in the summer. It was, when it was a great performance that way because they won't want to go near that the player they saw the other uh, last night. Uh, Ritchie was really, really bad. Um, couldn't, I mean, there was one cross at the end. Illich set up a brilliant goal for for Zapata on the weekend. We had a free kick, two minutes to go. Illich standing over it, and then Richie swings out a ball that goes for a goal kick. Um, sometimes you're going to know when it's not your night. Uh, Raul Bellanova, even in the Roma game, for me, what's good? You get three bursts from him to the byline a match, and nothing else. Uh, clumsy. Uh, I think both matches potentially got a silly yellow card. Um, again, he's a player with a lot of potential, but at, uh, we're really struggling. Well, for me, we're struggling in two areas. One is wing back because Lazzaro is not a left wing back, and Bellanova is um, not offering enough as a right wing back. And then I'll just say uh, before I let you have your say, in our kind of trade quartists are all massively flawed. So we talked about Dembasek, but last night would have been perfect for Dembasek when there's some open space. Why? On earth does Jan Karamau or Sek not come on last night when Karamau had done pretty well in a short camera against Roma? Radonjic, yes, he started the season reasonably well, but it's the same old tricks. And you know with Radonjic when he comes on and certain things don't work, it's not going to be his night. And it was hilarious that he had an embrace with Guendouzi, I think he played with at Marseille. Uh, when he came on, and then about five minutes later, was uh, I mean, I think I'm very lucky not to get. Yeah, I, I, I considering they took believe, it to the review. Yeah, yeah. I, can, I can't believe that wasn't a red card. It looked like a red card, even like it, even after the, the obviously the referee played on, and I was like, oh, that was late. And then I was just like, oh, maybe the referee's going to go back and book him, but he didn't. They get take it to the review. I mean, he's he's it, like uh, foot sort of makes it's nearer to his knee than his ankle. I don't. Quite, I don't quite understand how they worked out that wasn't a red card, but why? I guess I mean I guess the intricacies of it they can't give a yellow card, can they? Yeah, they can't. Yeah, so yeah, so if, because because he didn't give any punishment at all, um, they could have only upgraded it to to a red card, um, or give or given a straight red. But yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those difficult ones as well because if they called him to the screen and he didn't think it was a red, but it was yellow, what does he do there? Does he just sort of just leave it, or does he then just give it? It's just. 
I assume he's not able to just go and give him a yellow card, but uh, yeah, no, very lucky boy not to. Um, maybe maybe he wasn't as good friends yeah. with him as as uh, Guendouzi thought. No, I mean I think our two best players. I also think Pear Pear Shures had a slightly weird game, um, a bit all over the place. Even his hair looked like he had uh, he had combed his hair for the match. I don't know. It was just uh, he looked a bit he looked a bit off as well. And um, to be to be fair, I mean. I think for the time Bongiorno was on the pitch, we were clearly the better team. And Lazio, I thought, were were not much better than us and we were diabolical. Um, and then Sabanov, who came on, I played quite close attention to because I was a bit nervous about him. Um, and he did play it very safe, but I thought he did a very... I thought he was one of, probably our best player for the 70 minutes he was on, to be fair. Yeah, no, I think that's I think that's a fair comment. The only thing I was a little bit surprised in is the fact that obviously Shears has played the majority of his Torino career as a sort of as a the middle of the the three to centre backs. When uh, Sabanov comes on, that's the sort of initial thing that looks like is going to happen. Shears is going to go into the centre, but then Juric or, or somebody on the bench obviously tells him, "No, no, no, you stay in your position." I thought it was a little bit strange because. Again, he didn't look particularly nervous, which I think is probably a credit to him. He, he looked quite sort of calm and sort of just took it in his stride. But I mean, that that sort of centre um, back, uh, centre of the three centre backs, who sort of got that responsibility a little bit to play out from the back a little bit more and um, a little bit more freedom, I suppose. And you'd have thought give that to the the more established player, but yeah, no, I agree. I thought he played quite well. Um, yeah, still not sure about the the beard. Um, uh, no, it uh, was a bit too. The bit I was hoping the beard would be a bit more ruffled, but I mean, him and Ricardo would have two top knots in our in our back three. Is, uh, is must be a first in Italian football, but yeah, Rodriguez gets away with it. I think. I think it's um, yeah. No, I think it looks a little bit better on on Rodriguez, but um, uh, but I've, there's a risk we're going to go to a Turin derby um, in a week's time with. I think we've only got three. I mean, that David Zima just can't seem to get a fit. Coffee Gigi is out until January, I think. Um, so it looked like we were quite well stocked at centre half, and now, yeah, now we're kind of hoping Saba Sazanov does not get injured. But yeah, I think it's um, yeah. Am I missing a centre? I feel like am I missing a centre half? And, or? Uh, we've got uh, Anjing and Guessan, uh, the youngster who is uh, yeah next in line, I suppose. But yeah, I think that's the concern that we. Yeah, we we are literally one centre back injury away from uh, a bit of a, a bit of a disaster. I, I wasn't so sure whether there's sort of centre backs out there on a free agent that we just try and get in on, a, on an emergency deal. I suppose that a lot of it depends on how serious Bonjourno's loan uh, injury is. But um, yeah, it, I wouldn't want to go into a game like the derby. I think at the moment we're okay. Like I think we we saw enough from Sazanov to to feel like he can. Um, at least put in a, a performance in the derby, but yeah, we're one injury away, and we're sort of either putting a, a midfielder there, um, and I, I wouldn't even I wouldn't even be sure about which of which midfielder would be in the same way that we, we played a Dope there at the start of last season. I'm not sure if any of our midfielders have the sort of ability to play as a centre back at the moment, and then uh, yeah, all the alternative is to bring in somebody from the Primavera. Uh, I suppose we've got. Um, Della Valle from the the uh, Primavera, I think he's the captain. Potentially, that would be be something that obviously he's not been involved on the bench. So you'd imagine Gresson is the is the sort of prime candidate for that. 
unless uh, one of the wing backs. Um, I mean, I could see Bellanova height wise uh, potentially fitting in there, or yeah, it, it might might be a case of playing one of the wing backs back there. But it is, yeah, kind of worries me. I will talk about Verona after the Torino before the derby when the you know Torino preparing to to lose in the derby by losing the match before the derby. Um, is a bit of a tradition, but uh, yeah, Lazio. I, I just didn't think they were there for the take, and they were short on confidence. Yeah. They couldn't string passes together, and we just we did all right we, for twenty minutes, and then completely evaporated. I thought if we got the first goal, we'd have won the game. I, th- I do think the the Bongiorno injury definitely had a, a bit of an effect. Just even, uh, I, I don't think it is a, is a huge issue, but it, it's probably been mentioned a few times in sort of the the Italian media and and a lot of Torino sites that obviously the lack of Italians in the in the Torino squad and obviously Buongiorno is not only is he Italian but he's from Turin and a Torino fan I don't think it makes that much of a difference but he maybe just having that a little bit of sort of um, extra pride extra sort of motivation in the shirt you could see that I mean Zapata looked absolutely shattered to be honest I think that's probably the major um, selection issue that Juric got wrong because like I say you can always think that oh, maybe Sanabria deserves a start but Zabata sort of gave a big performance on Sunday night. He's 30 to 32 years old. He's not um, sort of a, a slim build type. He's not a, he's not a sort of a Vlasic type figure who can just sort of run himself into the ground and then go again. Um, I thought maybe if he'd started with his number in and had, had Zabata as an option to come off the bench, I think as a... It, if Lazio had scored and we brought on Zabata, I'd felt a little bit more comfortable and confident of us getting a result. Yeah, just I agree. I mean, I don't think, I say in hindsight, playing Zapata from the start. Um, yeah, in hindsight, we'd probably, probably been better off having on bench, but that wasn't the kind of issue. And I looked at the match. I just looked at the match. It's like Vlasic, Snabry, and Zapata as the front three is not going to work. It's it's too slow, um, and no one's going wide. So, um, but yeah, you you talking one of the positive trends for me. The so Torino played Genoa. Uh, Cagliari, Genoa and Roma at home and in front of three very good crowds, um, pretty full, especially Cagliari was August football. Uh, Roma was the kind of very good slot on a the Sunday evening in terms of under the lights and et cetera, et cetera, the big match. Um, but to the counterpoints to that was this week, uh, the season ticket sales in Italy closed, I think, for most teams. Torino, I don't. I think you've probably noticed as well. Done a pretty, by our standards, a pretty heavy marketing campaign around the season ticket, around beauty spots in the city of Turin, and uh, it's obviously pushed it quite hard. And we announced this week selling eight thousand and ninety-two season tickets, which is was presented initially as like a boom because uh, last season was the lowest. Pretty much the lowest under Cairo, apart from uh, one of the Serie B seasons. So we've under six thousand last season. Uh, um, Post COVID, Torino really struggled um, sell season tickets, um, and that stat on its own was like, well, yeah, a lot of people would just maybe get mini season tickets or to see how the season goes. But then it kind of when I saw that we were fourth bottom, um, was pretty alarming to be honest. Um, so only Monza, Empoli, and Sassuolo below us and bearing in mind Sassuolo and Empoli uh, yeah uh, we, we've we mocked a little bit before shall we say and then oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not sure I've ever mocked Empoli well 
Uh, we've mocked their stadium, I think. <laughs> um, but yeah, pretty much everyone. Well, then, yeah, I mean, uh, the other one that's quite low is Juventus only have 16,000, which has an asterisk on it. Well, everything Juventus has an asterisk next to it. So, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's low. It's, you know, Bologna 14,000, Fiorentina 17,000, Lecce 21,000. Genoa twenty seven thousand. I'm not. I, th- I think they yeah. give them away. Well, there could be an element of that, and there could be an element of of, of pricing things. But I'm, I mean, I'm it's, just it's, very, yeah, very, uh, very dis- very disappointed. But I, I think probably an important thing to to mention is that season tickets, especially sort of in the in the curves, so the Maratona and the Primavera are actually really reasonably priced in Italy. Like it's not like in England where potentially the reason is that, that fans are being priced out of the market. I think they are, uh, I think, again, Mace will probably be able to tell us exactly, but I'm pretty sure uh, sort of season ticket in the curve is probably about 250, 260 euros. So it's, it's actually cheaper. I'm pretty sure that's cheaper than it would be for me to get a season ticket at Tamworth, my local non-league team. So that sort of shows maybe the, uh, the fact that that's potentially not the reason it's not a cost thing. Maybe it's a, time things i know we did get a good sort of um attendances in the in the genoa and the in the Cagliari games but we do have a lot of games which are monday 5 30 kickoffs 6 30 i suppose in, in italy but they're not maybe not ideal um for going to a game but um yeah i think it's yeah it makes me wonder if 75 percent of the fans weren't against uh, weren't for cairo i mean what happens if they were against him how few would we sell then yeah, I mean, the interesting thing is Cairo's first season, obviously there was a whole reaction. There was a kind of solidarity uh, with everything that happened that summer. Uh, but so we had nearly 18,000 for his first season and that still remains his best. And that was in the Stadio degli Alpi, which is pretty embarrassing in itself. Um, but if we shifted 18,000 season tickets in the current stadium, we would, um, there wouldn't, taking the fact away fans, there wouldn't actually be that many tickets available to regular punters but um the second highest was his second season uh which i guess was the first season back in Serie A 16,000 but yeah we've kind of dropped from pre-covid we were always pretty much like 12,000 or above and then to yeah to, to get down to 6,000 last year was was pretty poor i mean if every game we we near feel like we have done so far it's not really a problem but it's a it's a kind of another ne- negative trend, really. Yeah, I think yeah, it's one of the things as well. I'm not sure how much of a financial aspect it has. I suppose it seems to it's preferable for clubs because then they can sort of, they know how much money they're, they're guaranteed to get through ticket sales. But like you say, it's probably actually better for the club to sell them via non-season tickets because then each the price of each game is actually, you get more money for it. But um, yeah, I think it's maybe shows a little bit of the, sort of apathy with, with, with Torino and, and sort of finishing 10th place potentially for a third season in a row. Maybe um, maybe fans are sort of voting with their feet. All right. Do you know what another negative friend is? Uh, I do not. Your performance in Toropedia. So are we going to put it right this week? I'm going to try and get my first point off the board. All right. I, I'm um... going to... I, I, I mentioned MP earlier. They got their first goal and first points uh, of the season so far. So I'm going to try and uh, emulate right. and get a point. We'd like to make it easy for you by doing Hangman. but um, <laughs> And I am going to make it a bit harder than normal by not giving you the years. 
Um, but you know, I think you got a fair you got you got a stab at this. Would you and, be disappointed? Um, would you be disappointed if I didn't get it? I'm I'm regularly disappointed in you. <laughs> um, all right, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, um, we've got to be careful not to say the year. So uh, uh, Roma zero zero. Then this player went to Lecce thirty and two. Back to Roma, although it wasn't uh, listed as a loan, but so potentially Lecce was a loan. But uh, Roma twenty two zero. Then a loan to Parma, thirty one appearances to two goals. Uh, then a move to Palermo with just one appearance, no goals. And a loan to Torino, seven appearances, one goal. Move to Genoa, 27 appearances, no goals. Back to Palermo, 89 appearances, seven goals. Back to Genoa, 21 appearances, no goals. Back to Torino, 56 appearances, two goals. On to Pescara, 18 appearances, no goals. And then back to Lecce, nine appearances, no goals. You got a little smile on your face as you're doing this. Yeah, I've just got I've got flashbacks of Tommaso Violati. Spoiler alert, it's not Tommaso Violati. In the, the fact is, I think I might know who it is, but I'm scared to say. All right. Well, is, yeah. Got I've, got, I've, got a, yeah, I've got a guess. I've got a guess. Right. There's no Googling. There's no Googling to check it. No, no, no Googling. So, no Googling. All right. Well, other search engines are available. Um, yeah, they are indeed. <laughs> so um, other strikers are available than the one who's going to appear in our little clip uh, going into Verona. You're one of your cult heroes. It's not one of mine. But take yeah, it away. Take it away. I'll see you on the other side. Gelander, Martinez, anticipa Gollini e a porta vuota, non c'entra lo specchio della porta, incredibile quello che è successo. That was a rare moment of brilliance from uh, MLS legend Joseph Martinez, a br- brilliance I'm, I'm being sarcastic. Uh, was that a miss of his against Verona who uh, Rob remembers very um, fondly and uh, we'll talk a bit about Verona shortly, um, but yeah, the most exciting part of this pod is Rob versus Toropedia. Rob, I am. Hold on, I'm just going to get the scores up um, to see exactly how you're doing. So uh, this is the f- five, five minutes. F- five minutes, isn't it? Well, it's we've done fifteen of these to date, um, and it's thirteen two to me. Wow. Uh, and you've not got a point this season. So this is your Empoli moment. This is yeah, your t- yeah. your Baldanzi well- moment. To be fair, if we're talking about empty moments, it could be 7-0, see? <laughs> you know but um, yeah, I do have an answer. Um, the more I look at these teams, I don't remember playing for half of them, so that's not a positive sign. Um, but I know he definitely played for, definitely had two spars at Torino, definitely played for Parma, definitely played for Palermo. I just don't remember him at Roma. Or Lecce, or Pescara, but We will find out, won't we? We will. Are you ready for my answer? I am. 
I was gonna, I was gonna, if I was more confident, I'd be really cocky and then I'd just like ask you a question to give me a yes or a no to sort of <laughs> ease my nerves. But then I'm gonna sound like, I'm gonna sound even worse if I do that. Is it Cesare Baba? Oh, mate. Oh, mate. You've only gone and got your first point of the season. I should have, yeah. Famous goal, famous goal in the Turin derby. Well, that was the question. I was going to say, did he score in the Turin derby? And then uh, that would that would have eased my nerves and thinking, oh, it's definitely him. But then if you'd said no, you'd have just seen a man on a podcast just have a breakdown. Yeah, um, yeah don't didn't remember that he'd started his career at Roma. Um, yeah, um, underrated player actually. I think he's um... underrated. He was injured quite a lot, wasn't he? Just never yeah. kind of. Whenever he really kind of established himself, he would get injured. But yeah, he was pretty very reliable defender. Yeah, uh, very. I thought he, I thought it was pretty good in his loan spell, but obviously, yeah, only seven appearances. But yeah, I think he got injured back. in that loan spell. I think yeah. he did well, and I think it was a season we got relegated, um, and then got injured. Yeah, yeah. yeah so. Quite a um, heavy set gentleman, um, which yeah. means we've got something in common. So I have a bit of an affinity to. Him. And always with a, yeah, always uh, never clean shaven either. But no. Yeah. I, I think he would grow, grow a beard during a match. Literally, so. <laughs> Not um, quite as well groomed as uh, Sazanoff's. No, I'll give Sazanoff a few weeks, <laughs> but yeah. Um, all right, Verona. Um, man, this is, I mean, we don't have a bad record in Verona, but I think like, last week we touched on Balotti, I think it's called one in 14 against Verona. And indeed, in the last. Uh, I think we've been back in Steria with Verona anyway. We've had eight seasons since. I don't know if you remember that infamous four-one defeat in Serie B. I think we both yeah. got promoted. Did we both get promoted that season? Yeah. And um, they, they even had. Uh, they must have got promoted through the playoffs, uh, but it was towards the end. I think it was like sort of February March time. Um, they had uh, Taxidis, I think, in midfield. They had an unbelievable performance, and they won four-one. Did Juninho play for them? Jorginho, uh, Jorginho. Sorry, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm pretty sure he did. I'm, I think it was Taxidis and Jorginho in the in the midfield, and we couldn't get the ball off them. And then we signed Taxidis, and he couldn't move. No, uh, well, well, was, well, he could move. He just chose not to. Just another heavy set fella. Yeah, um, maybe, maybe that's the uh, theme of this week's podcast. But uh, so yeah, you may have looked this up, but eight games against Verona since. We were promoted. How many wins? Can't remember. I can't remember many. Um, like I say, much better records um, away. I know I may have once said on a, on a previous podcast that we had a poor record in Verona, but uh, against Hellas, it was quite good. I'd say two out of eight, potentially. Uh, one out of eight. So it was the one Pabega scored and they went down to 10 men and actually played a lot better with yeah, 10 men. Yeah, I do remember that game. We were a bit lucky. Uh, there's been... They've only won one of them, um, and then there's been six draws, and I think the most famous or uh, disappointing draw for us anyway was, uh, I don't know if you remember this one, we were 2-0 up until the 87th minute, and we ended up drawing 2-2. Two, two, and and uh, uh, Mihailovic, the, so, or was it, was it Mihail- uh, Mitsarich? I, I seem to remember Lianka coming on and potentially being um, culpable oh, for, for the goals. Not sure we mentioned him all season, but it, <laughs> but it, but it, but it, was, but it was a game where both... Um, 
uh, Niang and Moise Keane scored, so it must have been wow. a full full moon or something. But yeah, no, I've um, got I've got visions of um, Lianko either starting or coming on and following over himself and presenting uh, an equal, maybe maybe even Keane's um, equaliser. But no, there's been a been a lot of draws. Um, can I ask you based on the Lazio performance, uh, what would be the Rob Gilman Torino team? Uh, Assuming well, Bongiorno's injured. Uh, I'm just just quickly because obviously we've not we've not mentioned it in the previous games. Um, Milinkovic Savic. I actually think he's started the season quite well. I don't actually think that he's had um, lots to do. I think the defense has protected him quite well, but everything he's done has been sort of quite clean in terms of sort of uh, shots and um, sort of maybe some difficult hand moments. But he's been able to sort of um, sort of hold on to the no parries anything. So. Just quickly, yeah, just to confirm, it would be Milinkovic Savic and goal. Um, I'll continue well, with. Well, I did, I did, I did see some people a criticise him for the Lukaku goal that he shouldn't have been so far over. He shouldn't have been basically committed to going down that way, yeah. which I don't necessarily agree with. And then I saw some people saying he was too slow to get down to Vecino's header. Yeah, uh, but, but it took a deflection anyway. I think I think that would it was always going away the deflection. I think it came off um, Bellanova. Um, I think it was always going to go in the corner away from Milinkovic Savic. I think it, I think potentially had it not taken a deflection, it would have had a chance. But um, but I think the other yeah. point is he's not once again Torino. Pop, I have not really conceded too much. No, like, he's not made too many saves. Yeah, even last no. night, last, yeah, yeah. They had yeah. Lazio had two chances and they scored two goals. Which again, that's the thing. Maybe and maybe potentially the second the second one. I mean the defense. Made it far too easy, but um, a, a top, a, a top, top goalkeeper. If you think maybe Syria in his prime, makes would make saves which he had absolutely no right to make, you know, or one on ones, and yeah, maybe Vanya doesn't have those those moments. But I, I, I can remember there were a couple of occasions in the in the Lazio game, just thinking, just shots from outside the area with difficult angles, or he, like he come, he does come and claim a lot of things. I do think with a little bit of protection. A couple of ones which sort of deflections, which he was sort of claiming quite high in the area, and there was no no Lazio players putting any pressure on him, so maybe made it a bit easier for him. Um, but I'll go Vanya in goal. Um, I'm gonna go with Lazaro uh, at right wing back. I actually think he's played quite well, so interesting to see him on his natural side. I think his delivery um, on his natural side. Um, aids Zapata. Um, so then Sazanov, Schurz, and Rodriguez, and that sort of names itself. Um, left wing back, I'm going to go Voivoda. I'm not his biggest fan, but I think he maybe provides a little bit of extra um, solid, sort of maybe solidarity and sort of maybe more defensive minded. Um, and he's got quite a good record against going against Verona. I remember him scoring. Uh, Against them um, in Verona once, um, I'm gonna. I think Tomezo didn't have his best performance, so I go Illich and Richie. Give Richie an opportunity to redeem himself, and then front three. Uh, Zapata definitely. Um, I'm gonna go Sec and Blasic. And you're giving Nikola Vlasic another chance to run down blind alleys. Again, another just positive memories. Scored scored the win alert, 
winner against uh, Hellas last season with with a sort of outside of the area effort. Maybe maybe he can sort of reproduce a little bit of that magic in front of his home fans. Yeah, Juric described the against Lazio as being mentally tired. But I mean, they've been reading a lot of books on on the way to to Rome. I mean, <laughs> well, Rodriguez definitely wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he played was one of the better players. But um, yeah, I, I asked a question for your team. I hadn't really thought about mine, but uh, there's that horrible thing with with it being a derby the following week. That I mean, I think he will rest some players. I think there'll be some changes anyway, irrespective of the derby. Uh, unfortunately, defense we can't really freshen it up um wing backs i'm not sure what i would do i think brandon soppy starts uh on the right and i think i think he might change them both i think voivode and soppy play um richie uh yeah i mean richie it would be good to see richie and illich again but i don't i don't need to see the richie from 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 last night that's for sure um uh, but if richie and illich play i think you can play I mean, Tamez is also ex-Verona, so that is uh, that's an angle one way or the other. Um, but maybe we need a slightly more progressive midfield. Not to say that, I mean, Tamez does offer something going forward as well. Um, I felt in both games he's really faded on the hour anyway. Um, and then my front three, yeah, I, mean, I think big big Duvan would be there. Um, and I don't think you can play Tony Sanabri in, that, in the formation as it's set up. So I would go... Zapata, Caramo, and I'm going Radonjic, giving him a last chance. I, I um, mean, I feel like I've, I've been mind of Radonjic sort of just over a week ago, almost got a hat-trick, almost had four in Salerno. I feel like I've been a little bit harsh taking him out, of, <laughs> not including him in the team. I actually think with Radonjic, I think he's always a better player starting than coming off the bench. So maybe that's something to consider whether that's some... At least Vasic, I do think when he comes up to bench, he provides a little bit of energy at least. Um, he just has the same... Like, we, we joke about Marantic having the same facial expression, but Vasic just, just just looks... Just just looks tired, but then, like, continues just running along. He's just... Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, I don't think he had his head up all, all game yesterday. Yeah, just not a very uh, expression... I think it was a tough game. I think it would have been a bit harsh, but I think it was a tough game for him. Um, but yeah, I think apart from the towards the end of last season, Spezia and Verona, he scored a few goals, but it's been yeah going off a year since we saw kind of Vlasic really involved quite nicely in team play. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'd like to see him do well, but I I would think we need a bit more vibrancy and go go with four minute attack prediction. I'll let you go first this week. Uh... I'm going to go 2-1 Torres. This this one isn't going to win me. Well, I was going to go something really wild, but uh, do I see it happening? Yeah. 3-0-4 Verona 2. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm going to do well to get three points out of that. But, yeah, I think let's have a bit of a reaction. Um, and... Yeah, I think think maybe 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 have a bit of fun. I mean, that team we saw last night was 
wouldn't have scored a goal if it played until Monday. But, well, but, but they, so, got a pen- they got a penalty in injury time and still didn't get the opportunity to take it. Um, no, it's, I, I was always quite glad we didn't get the penalty. It's like, let's get our last minute penalty at the <laughs> time we need it. Not now. It was a bit, yeah. I, was I, I, thought, like, I thought there was still probably about three minutes left if, if it had been given and um, Slabbery had scored it. I thought maybe, I, I can remember us having a game against Fiorentina where we were 2-0 down and then out of absolutely nothing scored two goals in the last sort of five minutes. I just had visions of something like that happening again and, and Lazio had done something similar to us uh, under, under Giampaolo. Um, so, yeah, maybe that would have been a little bit of karma and uh, retribution for that, but... No, yeah, I, I think that performance um, deserved us to uh, remain scoreless. Well, another point, uh, Chiro Mobile is in decline, isn't he? He's oh, well, really good at the start of the season. He is a, yeah, a sad shadow of himself, I'd say. Even just in... did he get did he did he did he manage to get tackled yesterday without kind of rolling over sixteen times and claiming he'd broken his ribs? I mean, some <laughs> of the most innocuous pushes and. <laughs> Um, I really did, and I didn't like the guy Lazio brought on. I mean, what a showboater that guy was! I mean, uh, yeah. is that uh, Castellanos? Yeah, what did he have in the back of his shirt? Tatty, Tatty, or Timmy, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on, mate. Um, um, yeah, no, I, um, yeah, I, I suppose you can see uh, immobile. I suppose, like a lot of players who may potentially rely on their pace, um, to sort of get scoring opportunities. I, I could always see this sort of happening with him um, as he got a little bit older and he doesn't really have the... I mean, Bellotti's declined, obviously, and just giving him another mention there, but um, it does have other attributes that he can bring towards the team. Immobile doesn't really contribute anything if he's not scoring goals. Um, and yeah, it's probably not a surprise to see him sort of fade away from the national team as well. All right. Well, Rob, it's been... Been um, probably a negative week really for Tara. One point out of six, out of six and just the yeah the way we faded yesterday. But you do have your first Torapedia point of the season. I'm very very um, pleased with that. I don't think I'd have recovered from six nil down, but yeah, still still a glimmer of hope. Get get researching your 1930s Torino players ready for next week, next week. Well, next week is um, one of the worst weeks. Um, being a Toro fan because it's the build up to the derby, uh, only worsened by the week after the derby. But yeah, we we're gonna have to suck it up. Uh, we're gonna do a bit of a. We've done a few derby specials before, but we'll do we'll, we'll dig something out for the derby. I think you've got an idea, and um, yeah, I'm not looking for. Is it a sat? Is a Saturday afternoon? Yeah, sat- yeah, and um, five p.m. So <laughs> we won't be able to watch uh, the first fifteen minutes on TNT Sports. So. Um, yeah, because yeah, well, well, I mean, is... there won't be so many people. We need to protect the uh, English football, and there's going to be so many people who won't go and watch their local team because they want to watch uh, 15 minutes of the of the Turin derby. Well, yeah. Um, anyway, got that to look forward to. Uh, not not managing what Sassuolo can do. So, on that note, um, for Totoro, for Totoro.